The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. You're listening to another episode of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore. Hello everybody, this is Bill Friday with another edition of Larry doesn't play here anymore, and I have my co-host sitting across the desk for me today, Ron McGoey. Ron, it's certainly nice that's two weeks in a row you've been here. Yes, we're we're going to try and break records in the next month, and, and, and thank you for the kind words. It's good to be here, and uh, we have some we have some sporting events, a couple of sporting events that occurred on the weekend to rehash. Well, I, I spent most of the day in the in the living room watching television yesterday and fiddling with my tablet as, as we go, in my looking at Instagram pic, pictures and so on. But the, the the two events, of course, were the Phoenix Open, the uh, uh, from from Phoenix, of course, and mm-hmm. and which was amazing. But also then at six o'clock, uh, trying to switch back and forth between the ending of the Phoenix Open and the start of the football game, the the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty, by you. Um, you know, uh, it, it was tough. I, I didn't want to miss either, and I I got Lady Gaga singing uh, the. American National Anthem, and uh, I saw the Jets flying over, and then I switched back to see what was happening with the playoffs. So I missed like, I missed the lady. I was uh, she quite engrossed with the playoff uh, and the lead up to the playoff, um, and and missed a lot of the pregame show. Mind you, there was only I believe there was eight and a half hours of lead up coverage to the to the event, and um, sadly I was I was out in and out a little bit, and then watched a bit of the. Yeah. Uh, well, I watched the end of the golf. Did you see any of the pregame show? Because I, I was hoping they would have spent uh, quite a bit of time, because it was the fiftieth. Um, you, know, uh, you know what? I remembering some of the great games. And, well, I'm sure that they did, but I I did not uh, watch. I I was watching golf most of the time before that, and came six o'clock. I started then to, to channel change, but really it was. Um, um, I suppose the Super Bowl, you know, the lead-up to the Super Bowl, there would be a lot of interesting things there, and, and unfortunately I didn't see it. But anyway. Well, I think there was a lot of people, again, from just from a, a marketing point of view, we, you know, there's no getting around it. These were not two of the biggest draws in the country football-wise. With respect to the Carolina Panthers and the Denver Broncos, they're not nationally... They're not national icons. Well, Den- Denver more than than Carolina, I would think. Yes, yes. I mean Carolina is it's a lovely place, but it is a small market. Uh, they don't have a, a, a long history of uh, you know playoff appearances. Um, they do, I, 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 and I do understand they do probably have the face of the NFL. They've got a, an outstanding young quarterback who's very marketable, uh, dynamic. But a lot of the pundits and the experts, they there were warning signs. As again, um, apparently they were giving away hotel rooms in Las Vegas, which is traditionally a barometer, you know, what the TV ratings are going to be, because you know you don't have a Los Angeles market, you don't have a New York market or, or Dallas. You know, there were storylines. There was there was a fifteen and one team with with the league's MVP. 
um, with some swagger, with some arrogance, but but very talented guy, playing the, you know, a, a team that's, you know, traditionally well, pretty good with but, with with a, with a someone on, on the twilight of his career. But so if, we talk, if we talk about the game itself, the game itself, yes. the the talent of the of number one for Carolina, mm-hmm. um, our friend Cam Newton. Yes, he uh, did not have a good game. That's for sure. But he did not have a good game because of one reason, and that is the defensive squad of the Denver Broncos. They were amazing. Six. Von Miller, who became actually the MVP uh, of the game, uh, deserved six, so. Six tackles, two and a half sacks. How do you get two and a half? I'm not sure. <laughs> two and a half sacks and two forced fumbles, and of course the first one led to an immediate touchdown. So uh, Von Miller certainly deserved the MVP. No doubt. There was a... Um, and I think they, they, everybody, a lot of people agreed that obviously it was going to take a Herculean effort by the Denver defense to shut down a pretty dynamic uh, quarterback. Yeah. And because Pete Manning, obviously, whether it's arm strength or... Uh, they weren't going to score a lot of points. That was the, seemed to be the consensus. Was it a compelling football game? Well, you were impressed with well, the yes, I, I was. I was really impressed because it was a great defensive game uh, on both sides, but more so on on the on the Broncos side. And if I if I were to give the MVP, and of course that's the most valuable player, if I were to give the most valuable coach, I would have given it to uh, defensive uh, coach Wade Phillips. Now, Wade's been around for a long time. Um, the son of yeah, Bum. He's the son of Bum. And I, I really That's didn't, a good name for I, a film. They, they didn't. That'd be a great name for a film. It, the son of Bum. That would be excellent. Uh, we have to be careful with that. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, uh, anyway, yeah, Wade, um, Wade started way back, uh, I guess, with Houston. Yes, he's uh, been around many. Yeah, I think 19, he did. Yeah, 1987, actually. Uh, with Houston, and and he's been with several teams, including Buffalo, mm-hmm. and so on. So, so I'm just not sure. He's a great coach, but I wonder why has he been with so many teams? And, mm-hmm. So here's my problem. Um, this is the championship game of a, the most successful, obviously the number one league uh, in North American sports, and and these teams have two weeks to prepare. So I'm. I agree that both, you know, the good defensive game plan with a skilled defensive squad in Denver. I find it a little, a little disheartening that with two weeks to prepare and the two best teams, we, that the offenses couldn't have come up with something a little more creative. Well, that's because the defensive teams were so good. That's why, you know, you can't have a quarterback throwing the ball when he's got four guys hanging around his ankles. You know. Or, or stripping the ball from him. and, and you know, Unless you design a game plan where the quarterback gets rid of the ball very quickly. Yeah, which is a handoff, which is a ground or, game, or, you know, that type or, of or some misdirection or mm-hmm. some reverses yeah. or some sweeps. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I really, I think we're going to, we, we have to differ on this one, but that's fine. I uh, Well, yeah. Anyway, Denver won 24 to 10, and, and I think they were... Uh, Full value for their win. They, they were really full were, value. Yeah. 
And was there anything uh, that occurred okay. in the game that you found a little uh, controversial? Was not, there any? Not, what will you what will you remember when you remember this game? You know, you know what? We have some memories from Super Bowl. Yeah, the, this this particular one. Of course, I remember the the, the defensive play and the first touchdown. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. But I also remember how sort of not up to standard was Peyton Manning. I I thought he was not. Great, okay, and of course he's forty years old, for goodness' sake. I, and uh, yeah, I guess it happens when you get forty years old. Well, he completed thirteen passes but, but for you, less than one hundred and fifty yards. But you know, but you know, the one thing I remember about him mm-hmm. was the two-point conversion. That that beautiful pass he threw to get two points to to actually sew up the game. There's no question that it was the right thing to do to go for two points. It was, and and his pass was. Absolutely beautiful, and that you know what? Out of all the things, out of the two hundred wins that he's had and the five hundred passes that he's completed, mm-hmm. uh, that one will remain in my mind because that sewed up Super Bowl Fifty. That did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my what my my lasting image that I will take away from this epic struggle. It's. The game is pretty well in the bag. We're inside one minute, and the Carolina linemen are, are, are gathering up the Gatorade bucket to do the uh, the ceremonial dousing. You mean uh, the Denver Denver guys? Yeah, oh, pardon me. Yes, <laughs> yes. The Denver linemen are. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the Carolina. Well, they, they they probably should have been getting some Gatorade ready to dump on someone. Also, however, <laughs> and. Uh, the cameras are on them, and they, they've secured the Gatorade, and they're now trying to sneak up on, on Gary Kubiak. And in, in in rather typical fashion for a game that produced one offensive touch, well, two offensive touchdowns, numerous turnovers, and, and personally was a, a cure for insomnia, they approach Gary Kubiak, and they dump the Gatorade, and they miss. <laughs> so, they, got a, they got a trickle on his back. That will be what I'll take away from the game. and it, 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 Maybe I'm too hard to please. But I, uh, in the post-mortem of the game, now we have a little bit of a firestorm out there, um, having listened to a few uh, bit of talk radio since the game. Apparently Cam Newton was less than, there wasn't a lot of good sportsmanship in his comments after the game. Uh, again, a lot of self-promotion and a lot of arrogance. Um, and I understand, uh, uh, you know, a, a top-level athlete should be disappointed when they lose, you know, a Super Bowl. But uh, but Cam Newton, you know, in his defense, uh, I think sports need uh, controversial, uh, arrogant people when they're leading, and uh, I think he's going to be around a long time. Yeah. Tell me what you know about Dab, D-A-B. What, what's Dab? What's that all about? I think it's a German beer. No, no I, well, maybe it is. But isn't that where they hold up their hand like that and they... You know, oh well, oh, that, well don't, don't talk, don't don't start me about showboating, please. And if I'm a coach and my 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 leader of my football team comes out with MVP on his shoes, um, I'm benching him. But then again, I'm not coaching, and I've never won anything before, yeah. other than the opportunity to sit here with you and talk. About <laughs> uh, let's let's touch on the the halftime show. Did you see the halftime show? Or were you uh, asleep by that time? No, no. But by by time halftime rolled around, there was a decision making process in the house whether we should we should abandon the game and watch uh, a, a tape of uh, it happened one night with Claudette Colbert and, and Clark Gable. <laughs> so we postponed 
postponed a, a fantastic film to watch. Uh, again, a less than compelling uh, halftime show. However, I don't think the Super Bowls are ever uh, remembered uh, with their halftime shows. I think they they do the best they can to appeal to a young audience. Well, and, my, and it was my uh, thought that the, the halftime show was marred by functioning sound. <laughs> I, I I just I, I just couldn't. I didn't. I, I found most of the it, sound dysfunctional, but it, that again, it's it, it's. Well, uh, it was functioning, and I hated it. I really did. I didn't like it. The, the the good the only well Lady Gaga as we mentioned was uh, was uh, I thought really really good. Well, she's very talented. Yes, she is very talented, very talented. And it's hard to believe when she broke on the scene, uh, quite a fringe artist, that one day she would be that mainstream to be singing you know the good old Stars and Stripes at yes. Super Bowl. But but, um, but you did a, a different rendition and it was really really good. I thought. Any anyway. thoughts on the telecast on the broadcast? It was CBS. It was Jim Nance. Well, uh, and uh, Jim Nance is uh, another. You know, I, I like Jim Nance, but I, I maybe he's like a Cam Newton, if you will. He's uh, he's pretty full of Jim Nance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Phil Sims, do you enjoy Phil Sims? Sims uh, yeah, I like Phil Sims. He's a very down to earth uh, and and good. He's a good analyst of the game. He really is. I think he is. Anyway. Well, and yeah. was a, was a fine quarterback. And it, during one of the lead-up segments to the game, uh, there was an interview with Jim Nance, and he he was uh, he spent some time talking about some of the broadcasters that he's worked with over his time: Pat Summerall, Jack Buck. Yep. And um, he was very emotional speaking about some of them because they were they were good friends. Some are no longer with us, and it gave me uh, it really touched a nerve and. And I started to think back of, because I've watched sports all my life, both Canadian broadcasters and U.S. And I think what we'll do sometime is, uh, um, because we both are come from different eras, but we should spend some time maybe talking about broadcasters and in different sports because there's a, uh, there's, a there's an amazing uh, legacy of broadcasters that uh, I'd like to one day speak to you about. Well, I'd like to talk to you about Johnny Esau, when, and I'll tell you about the time I sat in a circle with... With Johnny Esau and some several others uh, in a hotel room in Edmonton, Alberta, during uh, your figure skating career. Uh, yes, that, that is career. right. That is right, and and that was amazing. And uh, Leslie Nielsen, who uh, who oh, that's very, right, Leslie Nielsen's Canadian guy. Yeah. Well, he was sitting in that same circle along with his brother Eric Nielsen, who was a member of Parliament at that time. I didn't know this. And uh, here I was with Otto Jelnick and. Uh, and Johnny Esau and several others. Anyway, well, that's for another show. That really is. So the curtain, the curtain comes down on another uh, NFL season, and we have uh, a, a new champion. And um, I guess that's pretty I, well it with the NFL. I was, until... I, I was on Instagram this morning, and they're full of full of beautiful uh, things about the 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 game itself. Mm-hmm. And then it says one. I think it was uh, some Instagram from. The Green Bay Packers, where it says, "Well, there it is. That's football until August." And I wrote in, "Come and watch the CFL. We start in June, and we have twelve players on each team, and we have a longer field." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so everybody, everybody is saying, you know, we got to wait till August. But no, you don't. You can watch the Canadian game in June. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the Phoenix Open, and uh, we, we can talk about the the sixteenth hole if you want. We can talk about the event a little bit, okay. and, and I, I actually spent quite a bit of time watching it this this weekend. And it's not new; it's it's been 
uh, it's been steamrolling toward this. It is quite a different golf event, not just from the numbers, uh, but it's, you know, there's in February in, in the desert, in the valley there, there's a lot of people that are spending time there vacationing. Uh, there's people there. Uh, it's it's close to you know the LA market. People can can drive over there a quick flight. So there's a lot of there's a lot of tourists there, and, and I mean there's a large population. So there's certainly a a, mar a large population there to attract to this tournament. They've done a heck, quite a job, and it's it really is completely different than any other uh, golf event. We know golf is orderly, quiet generally, and you no know, the crowds are good, but to put 200,000 people through there on a day is it's quite remarkable. They had, um, I believe, 600, 618,362 through the gates. Can you believe that? 618,000 people went through the gates. And that's just amazing. A record, of course. A record. And, and, and from a tourism point of view, it's just a great showcase on, if you're sitting here and they, you know, unless you're embracing winter sports, and winter can be a little bit of a dreary time. And here you're watching this pristine blue sky, the mountains in the background. It's just a lovely place to spend a week, and, and, and obviously they, they have a pretty good field in that event. Not everybody, but it was... And it's funny how... Uh, and I really enjoy Johnny Miller and, and David Faraday. I, I'm not sure if David Faraday's no longer with CBS, but... He was on the broadcast, and it was interesting how they... Well, he was on the broadcast, so I'm not sure what's going on with him. I think he's the sort of a rover. He goes from, from the Golf Channel to CBS to NBC, whatever. He does. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And, you know, the event actually seemed to um, overshadow the actual golf until we got down to the back nine on Sunday, and then the focus turned to golf because we had a fairly compelling finish. Um, with again one of the one of the young Ricky Fowler is yeah, going to be Ricky Fowler. He's he's he is, and, he and is. you know what? He uh, uh, his his whole family was there watching. Did you know that his mm -hmm. his his uh, his father, mother, and father, and of course his grandfather, who actually introduced him to the to the world of golf. I, I did that to my grandson, but then he gave it up. So <laughs> anyway, no. Uh, so Ricky, I think Ricky really has a special place in his in his heart uh, for his grandfather and his father who've, uh, you know, uh, introduced him to, to the game. And he's come, he's a, just a great golfer. He's a great golfer. Yeah. And obviously, and again, uh, a real good connection but, to the young, the young but crowd. I wanna, but I want to ask you, um, Ricky Fowler's leading by two strokes uh, when he uh, after the 16th hole on Sunday. Uh, so he gets up to the 17th. Drive, drivable par four. It's a drivable par four, it is. and he hits a driver. And how far does he hit that driver? Uh, well, the hole, I think the hole is 317 yards. I, that's to the middle of the green, I, I, I guess. And he hits a great. Great drive, and it lands, you know, ten yards in front of the green, and and just screams across the green and into the into the hazard at the back of the green. Just drops it there, and that was that was actually the game, wasn't it? As it, it certainly opened out. the door. Well, uh, it did open the door, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm an, I, I agree. I I was his caddy. Uh, I would have recommended something less than driver. And uh, well, but, that, that, but, that, but I, it actually that that sort of ignited the drama. You know the best. Uh, the, and then we had a very compelling playoff, uh, and they both, you know, they went toe to toe with Hideki Matsuyama, who's obviously another great young player, and they both 
They both made a lot of great putts. Well, he, they both they made a lot of great putts. Hideki made great putts. I, I just couldn't believe the putts that he made. You know, but mind you, and again, it's, these and I love Johnny Miller because he does tell it like it is. These were not hard putts. They they were hard putts because of the pressure. But these greens, we're not talking about Augusta. They they're not super undulating. They were these are the best players in the world. They should be making twelve footers, and and they certainly did. And then so uh, they they. It was very interesting that seventeen came back again into the into the drama and it bit him again where he well, that was the fourth playoff hole um, where he did drop down to a five wood I believe uh, yeah and then he put it he obviously hooked the ball or whatever into the uh, yeah. into the water and yeah. uh, you know yeah and uh, so and that and of course that was like you uh, referred to earlier in, in the show where we were knocking on the door with the kickoff of the. Of uh, the Super Bowl, so there was uh, a lot of viewing yeah, for yeah, sure. But uh, um, yeah, but so I don't think Ricky uh, Fowler likes number seventeen. What do you think about that? Well, I think they said that it over the t- over the years that he's played that tournament, which aren't a lot because he's pretty young. Mm-hmm. He's he's hit nine balls into the hazards uh, on, on seventeen. On, on seventeen. Yeah. So it's and again that will you know golf's a game of. You know statistics, and, yeah, and you and you know for your, yourself if you come up to a hole that you've always done badly on, you 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 continue to do badly on it. It's it's and again, it, I, even though we are far from professional athletes or golfers, but we both play the game, and it's whether you're playing the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Open for a million dollars. There's, you know, you get into these spots where the ninth hole at. Great hole at Twin Creeks Golf and Country Club. It's a it's a it's a relatively narrow tee shot with a dog leg right, yep. and I have a heck of a time hitting the fairway. And I get up to that tee, and there's nothing but negativity in, in your mind. And boy, it's a it's a killer. It's very very difficult. Very some of these holes that you play are, are difficult. But you know, I I think that um, I, I the, the putting that those two fellows had. During the short time that I watched them, mm-hmm. uh, they, they were they were amazing because it you know Ricky Ricky's away uh, and he on on number eighteen and he sinks the putt you know, know. On the first playoff hole sinks the putt and <laughs> just amazing and and I think the reverse happened the second time they played eighteen but uh, it was a, it was just an amazing scene there and. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the actual, you know, the theme of that tournament is is recycling, and uh, it really is amazing when they uh, they had one of the, the, you know, the executives from Waste Management uh, who they were interviewing in the booth, and he was mentioning the, this 600,000 that, that, that come through the turnstiles in this event, uh, not one piece of refuse, and there's probably a lot of garbage when you have 600,000 people who are, they're drinking a little at this event mm. and, and eating a little, and not one... Iota goes into the garbage. It's all recycled, and I, and, and it's a it's quite a testament, and I think it's a good thing. And so we now uh, we we're off to Pebble Beach this weekend. And again, as the sports the sports scene shifts dramatically now because football is finally over, baseball is over, uh, hockey is in that sort of shoulder time where you know it's not playoff time, but they're kind of getting ready. Um, golf does come to the forefront for those of us who are looking for spring and. They're off to Pebble Beach this weekend. I think one more event in Tucson, a World Golf Match uh, Championship, and then off to Florida. So before we know it, it'll be April 7th, and the Masters will be coming, and uh, it should be a good year. 
Yeah, Pebble Beach. Uh, was that not originally Bing Crosby's tournament? I can't right? Yeah, I have. I, I, again, it's, it's it's interesting as you get older. I have I have these memories of all these West Coast events. It was the Bing Crosby pro am. The tournament last weekend in in Torrey Pines was the Andy Williams. Uh, that the tournament in Palm Springs was the Bob Hope, and. Yeah. You know, times change. Yeah, times change. The reason I brought up Bing Crosby was that when I was a, a young guy, about, uh, mm-hmm. you know... 20 uh, years ago? Underneath, underneath, no, underneath 20 years old, I was, I spent the summer at Jasper Park Lodge. I was the, the oh. printer out there. I printed the menus every day. Lucky you. And you know what happened was that every year, Bing Crosby came up and hosted his totem pole tournament uh, at uh, at Jasper Park and I was there that year that one year and this was I hate to say it, it was 1951 uh, the year of the Korean War but but anyway the uh, what would, would Bing bring was this a was this a tournament we'd invite friends to or was it celebrities well, yeah it was a- actually an amateur tournament oh, and, and and but Bing Crosby was there and he actually played in it and uh, he he was and he was at the lot. He loved Jasper Park a lot. He, he really loved, he really loved golf too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he really did. If anybody, anyway, and and one, I'll tell you a little bit another program perhaps about mm-hmm. this amazing. Those were the days when they had uh, stymies, if you will. Do you know what a stymie is? A stymie is. <laughs> I'm not going to guess. Okay, a stymie is when you put your ball on the green. If you hit your ball to the green, yes. and you somebody else comes up and hits a ball in front of your ball, you can't not move the ball in front of you. Oh, so it's like a guard and curling. It's when you're or, or you're hooking someone in in, in billiards. Exactly. So you're blocking them from the hole. You can't, and you can't. You, in those days, you could not move the ball. You oh, they not, should reintroduce you, that to the tour because some of the, the, the some of the rather uh, emotional players like Bubba Watson would. Oh, and Phil, it would be it would be great. Well, I, you know what? This one chap, and I'll just tell you this quickly. This one chap who was who was in this tournament, this Bing Crosby tournament. Uh, he was stymied, and he took out his wedge, chipped it over the ball into the hole, and won the tournament. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Wow, yeah. wow, that wonderful story. Oh, just before we wrap up, as we, because we're just speaking a little bit about golf, I think we should have a little shout-out to uh, Brooke Henderson from Smith Falls, Ontario, who yes. was in a event in uh, a less-than-picturesque setting in beautiful Ocala, Florida, in the rain, who on Saturday was leading the golf tournament in the back nine, and... The conditions were lousy, and she just she finished second, but uh, a real, real up and coming talent. Yeah. And my wife was extremely impressed because I said, "You got to take a look at this 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 young Canadian golfer. She's she's really great." And just as she was teeing off, they were mentioning she's switched. She's got a forty eight inch driver, and holy smokes, uh, she's added twenty yards and forty eight inches. That's that's a lot of driver. But keep your eye on Brooke Henderson. She's yeah, going she, yeah. to be a big star. Well, this yeah. is not news. I'm not telling anybody news, but um, she's, uh, she's, yeah, she's, no, she's that, that, that's great. And, and coming from Smith Falls, that's close to Ottawa, my yes, hometown. Six, you know six, that. One, three, and, and I know uh, I know uh, Smith Falls very well. She's only eighteen. She's yeah, only I know. Yeah, yeah, a very pretty girl, and and uh, boy, she'll do well. She will. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope. I hope that nothing happens. That you know. That uh, stirs her away from her course. And 
Well, hope not. Yeah, but keep an eye on her. The, the other, the, the other thing I just wanted to bring up, and I didn't bring my notes with me, but oh dear, well, when, yeah, we, when will we ever have notes? I, well, well, I did. You know, I, I, I wrote it down. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but uh, and, and I don't have them here. But I remember this. This is at the Super Bowl. And from this year? From this year. Oh, more memories a, of 50. A, cra- yes. a crab sandwich is $20. $20 for a crab sandwich. That might be the deal of the week. Do you think considering so? Considering the prices at the you, Super Bowl. Do you know what? And you know what a beer is there? A, oh, I, I would probably be... A beer or a glass of wine or a bottle of water is $13. A you, bottle of water is $13. And that's USD. That's USD. So yeah. we're close to 17 Canadian. <laughs> it's not quite, but... Can you imagine? And, well, and they probably frisk you as you're going in so you don't bring your own, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, I just thought that was something else. I, I guess a crab sandwich, is it worth $20? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, well, you're in the Bay Area and there's there's good seafood there, so hopefully it's... Uh, Hopefully it's worth it. And anybody that can afford a ticket to that game probably can afford a crab sandwich. Yeah, it's probably. certainly not for the average fan anymore. Probably, yeah. I just want to um, give a little shout-out also to the Lions breakfast, pancake breakfast coming up this Sunday. Ah, Snowman Mania is uh, right, uh, right around the corner. Snowman Mania is this week, or this coming weekend, mm-hmm. and we're part of that, is that, meaning the Lions are part of that. And uh, so come out Sunday morning, uh, 9 a.m. till 12, get your pancakes, and a family can eat for 15 bucks. And, and if, you're, if you're looking at uh, attending this uh, worthwhile event, uh, where, where is the breakfast being held? Well, the breakfast is going to be at, uh, of course, at the Lion's Den at oh, the Oh, at Rec-Plex. the Den. Yeah. Right, right. The Lion's Den at the, uh, at the Recplex. Well, it looks like it's going to be a great weekend. There's all kinds, of other, all kinds of other events, and if you look at... Uh, the Beach Booster publication, which is now on the street and online. You can see uh, on page three, there's a whole article or an, an ad there, and it's got all the events listed. So Good. have a look at Beach Booster publication. So I suppose we'll reconvene uh, next Monday, um, and hopefully we can find something to talk about to entertain uh, our loyal listeners. Oh, heavens, do we have to talk about hockey? Maybe we'll talk about Snowman Mania. Well, we could do that. We could do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, I'll try and gather up some stuff. Okay, I will too. All right, Ron, thank you. And that's another edition of Larry Doesn't Play Here Anymore. Listening to Beach Booster Radio. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio, written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, Mayor of the Town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.